I believe that the Lord is revealing himself to us in somewhat of an unprecedented way. Not, not historically unprecedented, but in the last numbers of, of decades and probably scores of years. He is revealing himself. I don't like missing opportunities. Okay? Now, some of you may be lackadaisical, carefree, you know, that's what I mean. You know, you don't mind, you think you can catch the train. Our dad taught us. <laughs> Our dad taught us that. He, he was a trade man. But he taught us that, that opportunities, he said, don't believe people when they say opportunities only come once. He said, they come many times. But the first time opportunity comes, he said, you can just reach out and grab it. But the next time opportunity comes, it's like you got to go a little bit to grab it. And if you keep missing it, you have to run and labor to, to get hold of opportunity. You know, and, and so, you know, I, I want us to, to understand um, that we have an opportunity to lay hold of Jesus like perhaps our parents and foreparents didn't have or it wasn't as it were available to him because these things come when God's ready for them or they have a timing. And so you don't want to miss your time. So, yeah, you could perhaps get these things, but now you got to study hard. It's like you didn't do your first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth grade work, and then you decide in the, uh, uh, maybe the eighth or ninth grade you're going to get smart. You can, but it's harder. You can, but it's harder. And a lot of people, if you are unwilling to do it when it's right there in front of you, you're usually unwilling if it's farther away. So I'm saying to you, God is saying something to us. Don't take it for granted. Don't just be lackadaisical about it and, and receive the engrafted word of God that you may really grow by it. God is revealing his son because there is a depth in the son of God, Jesus Christ, that once you lay hold, apprehend it, that Peter tells us, for at that juncture, from that juncture, you will never fail. Did you hear what I just said? You, you can't fail. You can't fail. You, you, you will never fail. And this is what I believe God is offering. And that is the source of these messages. Uh, this, the, 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 the title is uh, The Outworking of Being in Christ. The Outworking of It. And this is part two. Let me just go ahead and read a few verses to bring you up to speed if you were not here Wednesday night. Ephesians 5, verse 1. Ephesians 5, verse 1. Therefore, be imitators, followers, or mimickers of God as dear children, and walk in love, agape love, that is love that has the person's best interest at heart, not your own. Not your own, not what you can get out of the relationship. All right. And so walk in love as Christ also has loved agapao us and given himself for us. So he shows you how he had your best interest by loving you and showing by giving himself for you. Okay, by giving. So we don't want to be Christians who, oh, that's not enough, Jesus. Give me some more. Let me show you. Show me something else you've done. You know, we don't want to be like that. You know, a, a lot of relationships are damaged because somebody doesn't believe they're loved. And, and, and it's not always the truth that they're not loved. It's, the, it's that they're in a position that they just refuse to believe. Amen. And don't, don't you be like that as a church body. 
Now listen to what he says. He says, he's given himself for us as an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. And, and the sweet-smelling aroma comes from Old Testament sacrifices where uh, when, when, we, when uh, the Jewish people brought uh, a lamb or an offering to God uh, without blemish, without blemish, totally perfect, uh, then the smoke came up to God as a ah, sweet-smelling aroma because it was, uh, for example, it could be a sin offering. And he was saying, I accept this in your place. And so what we want to do is, is uh, be like Christ, and that is give ourselves. So he, he didn't say have your friend or your husband or your wife. Give, he said give yourself. All right? So Jesus gave himself. Now listen. So he, then he changes the direction in verse 3 by saying, but. And, and this is what God is doing, a big cleanup operation, a huge cleanup operation in his body. But fornication, illicit sex, and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not be even named among you as is fitting for saints. So he's saying not only the fornication, that is, you know, unmarried people just sleeping around from I love Jesus. He's saying all kinds of uncleanness, movies you watch that are unclean, uh, all kinds of uncleanness is what he's saying. Deal with that. And so fornication had to do with illicit sexual intercourse, adultery, homosexuality, lesbianism, incest, and uncleanness. It was talking about moral impurity um, and, 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 and living even just for yourself with wrong motives. Covetousness uh, had to do, has to do with greediness and a desire for more. You know, you have a lot. God is blessed with a lot. You won't give up any of it. You know, you just want more and more and more. And he says, no, you, you should refrain from that. Walking in love, you can't walk like that and walk in love at the same time. And he says here, uh, neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. A coarse jesting, uh, like filthy obscenities, foolish talking, silly talk, buffoonery, coarse jesting. Like somebody say, making a joke, and it's an impure joke, but you find it funny. Now, I've been in the, in the workplace, in the workplace, uh, every man has experienced this. I don't know about you women. I don't know what y'all talk about. Y'all don't tell us what y'all talk about. <laughs> but I'm going to tell all, on all the men. Yeah, if you're a man, you've been in there. And, uh, and sometimes the, the stuff is funny to the natural man. And so you have to sometimes force yourself not to laugh. And I've told you my story, so I won't get into my stories. But I've been in that situation where I forced myself not to laugh. And when I did not laugh, I prayed. And I prayed with an anointing for the person who told me the dirty joke. And, and the reputation went all out over South Texas. I had no idea it was all out. It even reached Houston. So he's saying, don't be facetious in a bad sense. And, and as a Christian, don't tell these off-colored jokes because they're funny. And then he says in verse 5, for this you know, that no fornicator, unclean people. He said, no, not the ones who go to church either. No fornicator, uh, no, uh, unclean person, a covetous man who is an idolater. So he says, if you are covetous, you're, it's like you are an idol worshiper. He said, has, none of you has any con, uh, inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Not one will have. So that, that ought to straighten us up. And then uh, verse 6, he said, let no one deceive you with empty words. It says anything to the contrary of what Paul has written. He says, it's empty. 
So let no one deceive you with empty word. For because of these things that we've just enumerated, the wrath of God comes on the, uh, upon the sons of disobedience. So it means that you have never in your life experienced the wrath of God. You may have experienced hard times, but you have never experienced the wrath of God. You have never. Jesus took the wrath of God for you. Can you even sinners are experiencing the love of God? Even sinners because of common grace. When you were a sinner, you thought, I was doing good as a sinner. No, it was the grace of God. It was the common grace of God. It wasn't what we, the believers, experienced, but it was still not letting you experience God's wrath. But he says the wrath of God is going to come on everybody who does what I just read. Everybody. And so I believe God wants us to get this straight now because this is a wonderful time period. And it just happens to be January 2023. He says then, therefore, do not be partakers or participants with them. So don't be participants with people who act unseemly just because they're your relatives. Your uncle, your aunt, your mom or dad, or maybe even your child. And I've said, stop following your children. It doesn't matter where they go. Don't follow them. Don't follow your children. You lead your children. Somebody will quote the The Bible says, a child shall lead them. A person of childlike faith shall lead us. No infant, no toddler is going to lead us. You know, now back home, back home, if I weren't in church, I'd say, you crazy? <laughs> no child's going to lead us. Come up in and say, I got a word from the Lord. You sit down, I'll spank you. <laughs> yeah, but somebody with childlike faith can lead us. And that's what God wants. And so let me start in verse 8 now. And this commandment is to walk in the light. That is, that which God has given us through Jesus Christ. Walk in the light. God has saved us. He even says to us that we are the light of the world. Now, we act like the politicians are the light of the world. And it's all over the world. It's all over. I'm telling you. Am I picking on Americans? No, I'm just telling the truth about us. It's everywhere in the world. Just read it. Look at your news. Watch it. They think they're the light. No, you are the light of the world. And God has placed us in every nation to be the light of the world. Come on. I can't look to you for, for directions. I will not. Because why? God says to us, Jesus says to us, a city that is set upon a hill cannot be hid. He says, he says that he's the light of the world. And he says to us, you are the light of the world. Why? Because Christ is in us. And what is Christ calling us? Christ in you, the hope of glory. Wow, that's big stuff. So if any, anybody mad at me already? <laughs> now listen to what he says. He contrasts who we are now against what we were. Every one of us was bad. We may not have done all the bad things that some of our neighbors did, but we were capable. And God, through his common grace, kept us from the opportunity. All we were waiting for was an opportunity. Hallelujah. That's what Paul says to us. For you were once darkness. I mean, come on, man. I may be dark-skinned, but don't call me darkness. You know, you know, darkness. We were once darkness. It doesn't matter what color your skin is. You were once darkness. 
but now you are light in the Lord. L-I-G-H-T, light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. And so when he talks about darkness, in Spanish, we, we generally, we use a, we use a word. That's, that's me. We, we use a word. Yeah, un poco, un poco español. But listen, in Spanish, the word oscuro, and then there's a word called tinieblas. Now, he's talking about the tinieblas here, layers of darkness, layers of darkness upon darkness, not just an inability to see at night, but a, a tinieblas. And so get the understanding. I think there's a better understanding than English darkness because we think, oh, the night's dark, the skin is dark, that this is dark, and that's dark. But he says, no, this is a darkness that is uh, an ignorance of, of, in respect to divine things and human duties. It's an ignorance in respect to divine things. And, and, and the accompany ungodliness and immorality. You are blind to how bad ungodliness is and immorality. And you are blind to, you're in the dark, to the miseries that hell will present you. It's persons in whom uh, uh, darkness becomes visible, as it were, and holds a sway over them. You can tell them about God, but they'll stand up and say, no, I don't believe it. It holds sway over them. Now, light is different. Uh, the light emit, uh, that's emitted by these luminaries here, they've caused us to see. It, it's like um, um, a heavenly light which uh, surrounds angels. And the Bible always talks about these angelic beings came and there was light with them. And Jesus was like that, but not necessarily a natural kind of light. And, and he says here that God is light because light has the extremely delicate, subtle, pure, brilliant quality of truth and knowledge. So then when God appears, when we appear, there should be an atmospheric change and there should be an ability for people to begin to see what they could not see before. That's why it's imperative that you and I live holy and righteously in this world. Because we bring that ability for people to see. Now, it's not because of what I have done. It's because of what Jesus has done in me and in you. Amen. And so also this light is emitted, is emitted uh, with spiritual purity. So if I am spiritually impure, I'm not emitting this light. Wow. So, so it opens up things to everyone in our sphere. The power of understanding comes through us, the people of God. Now he says to, in verse 9, for the fruit of the Spirit, and this is connective tissue, as it were, spiritual tissue. He says, you were once darkness, but now you're light in the Lord. Walk as children of light for, because the fruit of the Spirit is in, is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Verse 10, finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. So when we think of fruit, it's that which originates or comes from something, and it's a produce, it's, for example, of a tree, of a fruit tree. Apple tree produces this wonderful apple, um, a, uh, 
Orange tree produces its wonderful, sweet, delicate, de uh, delicious oranges. Plum trees do the same. So what he's saying is God has done something in you, so you, you, have, you are righteous, so then your produce is righteousness. That's what he wants us to know. You're not just ordinary people. You are, you are different than all the peoples of the world because you have the ability to bring forth something of God. That's amazing to me. Wow, amazing to me, amazing to me. And, and so he says, so what you produce is an effect, E-F-F-E-C-T, not affect, an effect. It's a, res, it's a result. It's a work that you bring forth. So when, as believers, we bring forth a work. We bring forth acts and deeds. We bring forth advantage and uh, praise, those kinds of things that are presented to God for thanks. Because when you really do your work well, people will say, I'm glad God did that. I'm glad God sent you, man. Wow, I didn't know what to do. But what you said changed me. You know, how is it that, that my words can change you? I, my words can't change you. So then Peter says, if any one of us speaks, we should speak as the oracles of God. So we should speak not our own thoughts and our own ideas, but speak as the oracles of God. Speak God words. That's what he's saying to us. Wow. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And so th this is a fruit, uh, uh, I'm sorry, a thanksgiving offering or a thank offering to God. And so... Let me move on quickly. So when we talk about the unrighteous or the ungodly, we're talking about what is not. And I want to make sure I get that. He says, he says here, for, uh, finding out what is acceptable to the Lord, the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And, um, and he says, and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. So don't have any fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. So he's saying, be careful how you comport yourself, conduct yourself with unbelievers. Yes, I have a lot of unbelieving people I talk with and interact with, but I don't let them lead me. So he's calling them unfruitful, unrighteous. So when you say un, ungodly, you're saying essentially not, N-O-T, not. Uh, when it, uh, it, it's like um, a fruit that is unripe hasn't become ripe yet. Okay? An unwashed car hasn't been washed. So an ungodly person is a not godly person. An unrighteous person is a not righteous person. An unfruitful person is a person that doesn't have any fruit, not fruitful. All right? So he's telling us, don't, don't be like that. And, so, and here, uh, so if you are unfruitful, that means you are without fruit, barren, not yielding what you ought to yield. Okay? So God is saying, I want to clean all that up. I want to clean all that up for you. And so I believe that we will be in, uh, in some training intensives because of of us being so slow to really get it, compromising, uh, thinking a C is all right. Someone said very well that, a C, that if you're at sea level, you have a, a better chance of sinking than rising. <laughs> all right. So, so he says, but your job is to 
is to expose ungodliness. He says, have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them or, uh, or reprove them, expose them, reprove them. That is to convict people, to rebuke people, to refute. But don't refute somebody because they have a particular uh, idea of politics than you. Why are Christians separated over politics? We actually have said to you multiple times, we really ought to be seeing the same thing. Because what we must see is what God has said and what God has done. And God is requiring that of us. Don't think you won't be asked, what did you do with what I gave you? So we expose, we reprove uh, with a suggestion of shame. The suggestion of shame of the person convicted. So when I'm convicted of something, I go, I have a sense of shame. Oh, boy, I'm sorry I did that. Wow. So I can do that in the face of godliness. Your responsibility is to be godly, is to be godly, to be light. Light exposes. If I were to walk into this building at night and it was totally pitch black in the night, I would stumble. I know where I am, but I would probably stumble over something. If I keep walking, if I heard a sound that was really a frightening sound, and if I were to, of course not me, but if one of you would start to run, You'd run into chairs. You'd fall over. Why? Because there's no light there. But he says here, your light exposes darkness. Remember we talked a lot about people, our children even at school sometimes have a harder time than unregenerate people's kids. They have a harder time. They have a harder time sometimes in athletics and various things. They have a harder time unless they act like the heathen. That's true. They have a harder time. You used to wonder, why is that? So many believers have a rough time on the job. Why? Because you're exposing something. You said, but I didn't open my mouth yet. But you still expose something. And they know you're not dark like us. You're not darkness, as Paul calls it. Now, let me continue. So light exposes. And it also means that light also can find fault with what is there without you saying anything. Light is corrective also. And uh, it uh, admonishes, it reproves just by your presence there. And so, but Paul says, don't get involved with them. People who are immoral and say and do bad things. Verse 12, he says, for it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. So those things they do in secret, it's a shame for you to talk about them. They're dishonorable things. They're shameful things. Some people are so base, they have no shame. I was watching a news piece a few days yesterday and the day before, a, a little a news piece, and some of the words that were used, they had to bleep them out. And I thought, what is this woman doing talking like nasty? See, when I grew up, you know, men sometimes, not, not in my sphere, but I did know, not in my sphere, they thought, oh, they would cry and go to the altar and pray all service if, if something they thought slipped out. But my pastor said, nothing can slip out that's not already in. So, but they, but they, but the men would say sometimes bad things on the job, but women didn't do that generally, didn't do that. But now women have become so affiliated with, with, with this kind of stuff that they're doing it too. So we don't give anybody a buy. It's not like, oh, men are bad, women are good. It's not like that in the world. All of us were bad. You didn't have opportunity, but everybody was bad, men and women alike. 
But generally, men were women were suppressing those things because we know they were suppressing because now they're out. They're everywhere. Okay? I, I got a little bit too deep into that. The brothers were fine as long as I was just talking about them, but even they got quiet. <laughs> when I measure the women. I wonder why. Maybe we should do a seminar on that. Okay, so light shows, light shows the true character of your works. Light shows the true character. Now, in verse 13, it says, but all things that are exposed are made manifest, made known, revealed by the light. For whatever makes manifest, obvious, revealed is light. Therefore, he says, awake you who sleep. Just a minute, if you don't mind here. That thing froze on me. It's just the devil. Verse 14, therefore, he says, Awake, you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. Awake, you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. The ability to see, the, bit, the ability to expose, to make manifest. So fellowship means to share in the company with. Be a co-participant um, in communication. Have fellowship, being a partaker of. So you want to have no fellowship with those kinds of people. No fellowship. Do I, do I want you to separate yourself? No. I want you to know that co-worker. I want you to invite that co-worker to church. I want you to be a blessing to that co-worker. But don't go where they're going. And the Lord wants to make a big difference between that. I would guarantee you there's somebody here or online or here who has, uh, I have a different view of that. Well, you just have a wrong view. I mean, because I just read it out of the Bible. I didn't write it. I'm not giving you some Don Lavelle opinion. I'm telling you what the words mean. What the word itself means and what the word means. You say, well, I have a different experience. That means that you've probably been a co-participant. That's just true preaching. That's how they used to preach when I was a boy. Man, they used to preach. I'd try to sit on the back row and I'd come up there with two rows. And uh, then I'd come up three rows until I finally got up close to the front. Yeah, the devil couldn't keep me behind. Walk in wisdom. Let me just read these. And we'll exp expound on them perhaps a little later. Verse 15. <clears throat> See that you walk circumspectly. Sister Kemp, years ago, gave us a real good idea of that. You know, that circumspectly. Like somebody, if you had eyes all around your head, that you could see in every single direction. Circumspectly. Not as fools, but as wise. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. Circumspectly. Exactly, accurately, diligently around a 360 degree. You, you are walking like that. Amen. Amen. And so, therefore, do not be unwise. So, this is to the believer. Do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. You have to, under, you can understand it. You can't, don't ever say, I don't know what God is saying. There's somebody who can help you. Yeah, you, you're not, you don't have to be alone. There's a body. If my foot is hurting and it doesn't know what to do, my hands will rub that thing. And, and, and my emotions will feel sorry for it. <laughs> Come on. You, you're not on safe ground by saying, I don't know what to say. Come on, why? Peter says, if you speak, speak as the oracles of God, the sayings of God, the words of God. You have that ability. Why? Because you have a fountain in you, a fountain of eternal life. Come on, the Holy Spirit is not just for goosebumps, everybody. He's a fountain of living water. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so let, let, me, let me finish. He says, therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is, redeeming the time. I don't have time to get into you by redeeming the time, but Christ redeemed you by paying something. So you can redeem the time by paying something. I'm going to walk in love, walk in the light, and walk in the wisdom. That's my, my final. I'm going to stop now. And, and if you keep coming to the church, I'm gonna, I'll take this up again. But, but let me say uh, to you, before I take my seat, and we're going to have uh, communion, but I want you to be aware that you can come to the Lord today, give your heart to Jesus Christ, and be brought out of darkness. You can be brought out of darkness. All right? You can be brought out of darkness. Uh, I just wanted to just uh, take a minute to just say to us that how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? How shall we escape? God has done immeasurable things for us. And just like I tell you stories of, of our father, dad was amazing. Mom was as well. She was not even one whit behind him. But all of my life, I look back and I say, wow, God was training me all my life. Since I was a little boy, I had no clue. I had no clue God was training me. And now at my age, now I know God was training me. Things that were happening in my life, even negative things that I thought were horrible, painful, unbearable, God was training me through. God didn't save you so he can change everything in your life. He saved you. He changed you instantaneously by saving you. And then he has begun a process of change in your life. All the bad stuff that's hap that happens to you is not always against you. It's working something for you. I'm not saying it feels good. If somebody comes and hits me on the foot with a hammer, that doesn't feel good. And my hands want to do something. But if I refrain, if I refrain, if I refrain, it will work something in me. I was talking to Nathan. And, and one, one time there was something that happened and it was a very negative. It was toward me. And I remember Nathan not being happy about it. You know, now he's just a fraction of the man he used to be. But he's, he's still pretty formidable, I'm sure. But he didn't appreciate it. And, and I said, you know what I've noticed? Is God is working something in me. Because the old Don Lavelle would have really taken offense. And he may not have fought, but he was sure thinking about it. Let me do something to this person. I said, but I never even thought about it. I never even thought about it. Because God is working something in me. So God is working something in you. And I'm asking you, let God's work be complete in you. Do not continue in 2023 like you were in 2022. Stop being the way you are. Don't let the world lead you. When I said don't let your children lead you, I mean that. I don't say that because I've got bad children. I've got good children. Our daughter, our daughter did not take positions in other cities that she could have taken and had an illustrious career. 
with her degrees. But she said, I wanted my children to know their grandparents. So she forsook this world's offerings. And now I have my grandchildren with me all of both sets. Both sets. Why? Because we need to lead them. I'll be back in a minute. I want you to think about Jesus. And I want you to think about coming to Jesus today, wherever you are. And if you have not been very strong in Jesus, you can admit it. I tell you stuff about me all the time. Stuff of where I was weak, where I was not sure, or even where I was angry with God. I tell you those stories. I'm not proud of being angry with God. That was dumb. But I'm telling you so that you'll know if you were there, you don't have to hide yourself. You can just repent. Come to the Lord and let the Lord fill you. One more quick thing. Sometimes we're fearful. I have been fearful. You said, well, some of you are so macho. Maybe we even have some machas. But we certainly do have some macho. Some of these tough girls, you know. I just made up a word. I just made up a word. Yeah, we did it all the time growing up in East Texas. Made up words. But we, we're so macho, we, th we just think, you know, I ain't scared of nothing. There's some stuff out there. But I, I've been afraid of some things. Walking with Jesus, I've been afraid of some things. Over two years ago, I was afraid when the Lord called me to start a, a regiment of fasting. I was afraid of it. I didn't want to do it. This is the man who had fasted three times for 40 days and nights. 14, three 14 days and night fast. 21 day fast. 100 days with six inch subway or less or nothing. But I was afraid of it. I didn't want to do it. It's been the best time of my life. Go with Jesus wherever he's taking you. Don't tell Jesus I can't. I can't. Don't. Don't ever say that to Jesus. You're going to find something on your journey. This is what I found. That he is letting me see. I say I'm on my tiptoes. And I can see things in the future that I could never see before. And I'm seeing things more clearly than I've ever seen before. That's for you. It's not just for some preacher. That's for you. That's for you. That's for each one of you. Okay? Let's go with Jesus to this amazing place he has for us because this is the day of the church. This is the church's finest hour. Let's give Jesus what he wants. Let's live holy and righteously in this present world. Let's don't compromise because the world says it's okay. I'll be back shortly. Thank you.